We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. We've got a lot going on in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. My goodness, we've got the draft coming up. We've got free agency coming up. We've got the trade market heating up. It is a fun time in the NBA right now. We've got a bunch of different news topics to dive into. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. And don't forget, go follow us over on Apple Podcasts as well. Give us that five-star rating and review great way to help out the show joining me tonight is sean davis from lakersnation.com sean how are you doing i'm excited and i think that's the word i'm going to use for the next week and a half or so because i can't wait to see how the lakers put this roster together so let's go that's right we are i mean what's crazy is like right now the discussions are going on between the lakers other teams free agents well okay not free agents not free agents that that would be tampering (laughs) that never happens that does not happen in the nba ever no one ever does that but the conversations taking place right now that are going to put together the next lakers roster who will be a part of it we're going to find out over the next few weeks we do have some news to get into and i think where we want to start is the coaching. The Lakers hired on a few new assistant coaches. Specifically, we've got, well, Chris Gent we talked about the other day, but we also have coming in uh, Jordan Ott and Skylar Rimmer filling out the bench for the Lakers along with Phil Handy, of course, already being there with Darvin Ham. So what do you think about this? The two we find out today, Jordan Ott, Ott, Skylar Rimmer. I'll admit, Sean, I don't know a ton about these guys, I know that you did a little bit of research into them. What do you think about these additions to Darvin Ham's staff? I'm excited. And if there was one complaint I would have, it's that there's nobody really with an outside perspective that really doesn't know Darvin, doesn't know like the style. Okay, let me rephrase. That does have the same background in some ways as Darvin Ham that didn't work with him okay. in Atlanta or in Milwaukee. Somebody like, I don't know, from... Charlotte, who has no connection. I'm just throwing out a random team. That's no connection truly to Darvin, but it's a good assistant coach that can provide an outside perspective of things. But look at the staff you got. You got Darvin, Chris Jens, lead assistant, Phil Handy, Jordan Knott, and Skylar Rimmer. That's an excellent five that I'm really excited about. And uh, Skylar Rimmer and Jordan Knott both have backgrounds as video coordinator 
and Jordan Ott worked with uh, Tom Izzo in Michigan State before going to Atlanta. And I think it is not a coincidence that he hired guys to have video coordinating backgrounds because Darvin's talked about a lot how his assistants are going to have a lot of responsibilities and doing a lot of different things for him. And that's kind of what you do as a video coordinator, especially when it comes to uh, scouting opponents. And yeah. you have a, you have a couple, I think Chris Gent had some experience in the video room as well. So uh, I'm really, really excited. Can't wait to see what this coaching staff is able to put together. I mean, Hey, you've got, you've got evidence of coaches in the past who have come from a video background and have made their mark. Look at Eric Spolstra for the Miami heat. That was his Even background. Vogel. Yeah. Yeah. Vogel as well. And, and here they are. So um, Skyler river, one of the things, you know, just did a brief cursory look into him and uh, looks like he spent a lot of time defending Giannis in practices. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, not, not easy to do. Right. But it's already got me thinking about Anthony Davis, right? Like, Darvin Ham said Anthony Davis is the key, right? He's the key to making everything work. The defense is going to be built around him. We've talked about the four out one in offense. I think that one in is going to be Anthony Davis in the quote unquote Giannis role. And now you bring in an assistant coach that's got the size. I want to say he's six ten. I think off the top 10. of my head. He's a huge dude. So you're bringing in, it, it feels like this is the Anthony Davis hire. Like Chris Gent is the LeBron hire because he's got that background with LeBron. Skyler, remember, it feels like he's brought in to do the work he did with Giannis with Anthony Davis because they're going to take on not exactly the same role, but perhaps a similar role. Pretty daggone close. And I mean, I've predicted, and I think Darwin's kind of hinted at Anthony Davis playing in a similar role. Obviously, AD and Giannis are different players with different capabilities, although they're fantastic players. But I do think we'll see then getting Skylar Rimmer uh, to potentially help challenge Anthony Davis and give him some dummy defense in practice um, and in workouts, individual skill workouts. Um, that one I'm a little bit more excited about, honestly, than the Jordan Ott hire. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. I love, again, I don't want to keep being happy but no i am but this coaching staff <laughs> who says incredible. that i don't want to be happy <laughs> i don't want to be happy <laughs> oh man but oh, no this this is we've, awesome we've man. got emo sean here i know I here, here we happy. go no i, I don't want to get let me rephrase i don't want to get too excited i probably should have said that that's instead. fair <laughs> that's better that's fair so big picture my one thing is it, it just you can't help but notice there's no one with head coaching experience here. And that's mm -hmm. that's my one concern with this. The Lakers, or at least they didn't publicly say this, but what came out was that, number one, Darvin Ham was indeed going to have the ability to pick his own assistant coaching staff. Check. He's done that. But number two was that he was going to bring in at least one, if not more, assistant coaches that have prior head coaching experience. And we talked about how the great that was, about how he was going to bring in people who could help support him, who have been there in the trenches as a head coach before, who know what it's like to go through that. That box did not get checked. Is that a problem, do you think? Or is that just no big deal and we shouldn't make too much of it? I don't think it's that big of a deal. Obviously, it would have been a positive to get somebody with coaching experience, head coaching experience on your roster, on your coaching staff. But um, I think, honestly, the only reason why we're bringing it up is because, like you mentioned, that's what got reported. That not only was Darvin going to have full autonomy, building his coaching staff and help with some other things, but he was going to hire somebody with head coaching experience. And that didn't come out, Trevor. I'm not sure we're talking about it. Um, but yeah, I man, I don't think it's that big of a deal. 
Okay. Well, hopefully not. You know, there have been some Luke Walton vibes in terms of the response from the Lakers. Just there's some things that remind me of the Luke Walton hiring. First year head coach, considered to be like this leader of men, a guy that's going to relate really well with players. Not saying Luke Walton and Darvin Ham are the same, because they're definitely not. But there's a few things that have been similar. And now we've got an assistant coaching staff that's been hired without really head coaching experience. And again, the Lakers had issues with the assistant coaching staff that Luke Walton hired. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying this, these are bad choices. I don't think that they are, but just interesting that we continue to, that you can continue to draw those parallels. We'll see. We'll see how this works out. Hopefully, it works out a lot better for Darvin Ham. And he made some good choices here for his assistant coaching staff. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook. So is Russ going to be traded? I feel like this is changing by the hour, whether or not Russell Westbrook is going to, is going to be traded. I think so. There was this rumor that came out today that uh, Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN, he was on Zach Lowe's podcast on low post. And he mentioned that the Lakers had trade talks with the Pacers. Um, It was kind of offhand. It wasn't like he was, you know, trying to report this or anything. I think it got aggregated incorrectly as well. A bunch of people, you know, they grabbed it and they said, this is the specific trade. I don't, if you listen to the interview, that's not quite what Gavoni was saying, but it got aggregated as Russ, THT, and the 2026 first, which the Lakers can't even trade, for for Malcolm Brogdon. And the Pacers saying no. And a lot of Lakers fans went, what? You can't even get Malcolm Brogdon by himself? What is happening? Russ's trade value is is shot. What is going on here? I don't think that's the trade that Gavani was actually trying to report. If you listen to the interview, that's not quite what he was saying. Zach Lowe just kind of threw out there, oh, what, what would they be asking for? Was it, you know, maybe a Malcolm Brogdon? And, and Gavani just said something like, yeah, yeah, you know, a Malcolm Brogdon, something like that. You know, it wasn't like he was specifically saying, this is the exact trade. I think he was more just saying the Lakers had talked trade with the Pacers. Um, so I think that got misreported a little bit or misaggregated in any event. But I think the big picture, what's really clear is that as much as the Lakers have said, Darvin Ham, everything's going to work great with Russ. He's going to figure out a way to make things, make things fit. They're going to plan on keeping Russ. They are talking trade with Russell Westbrook. They're seeing if they can figure out a way to move him, which is what we've expected, but Still, the rumor mill is suggesting that they are indeed out there working the phones, trying to see if they can find a new home for Russ. No, absolutely. And correct me if I'm wrong, Trevor. So this is another way you guys could have detected that uh, the report was improperly aggregated, or what you said, um, that THT and Russ for Brogdon would not have worked anyway because of money. That doesn't add up. So, Well, if the Pacers have cap room, then it could, because you could send, they could eat into that salary with cap. Now, again, I haven't looked at the exact numbers. I don't know if they quite have that much cap space. That's a lot. You're between THT and Russ. Mil? That's, yeah, that's like what, 57 million, 57, yeah. 58, 57 and change, something like that. And then Brogdon is what, around 20? 20. I mean, so you're talking about absorbing $37 million. And it's, I mean, that's, that's the part of this where if you're just looking at the assets, you're just looking at the players and you go, Russ, THT, and a first for just Brogdon? What? You have to add in the the numbers and realize that in that scenario, the Pacers would be eating that much salary to do the deal. 
that is a factor as well in that situation. I And again, I don't think Givani was trying to say that was the exact trade either. But regardless, moving on from Russ, it does appear to be something the Lakers are willing to do. Now, we're going to talk about Kendrick Nunn and his contract in just a second. But Russ has not picked up his player option yet, and he still has until the 29th of June to do so. So if you're expecting a Russ trade to happen right now, it can't. The Lakers can't trade him until he picks that up. But it's very clear that they are willing to. It's not that they are. They We had heard that, you know, oh, the Lakers are refusing to include any future picks or anything like that in a trade for Russell Westbrook. Very clearly, that's posturing. That's if the right opportunity is there, the Lakers will do it. They're just not going to do it in a deal for John Wall. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. They're they're only going to do it in a deal that they feel like makes them significantly better. And perhaps they felt like the flexibility that cap room could give them, if that really was the exact deal, would give them avenues to improve their team elsewhere. Maybe that was that was the case. But regardless, I think the possibility of Russell Westbrook being traded, it's stronger than it was a few days ago when all we were hearing was no, 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 we're going to keep him, not giving up future assets, all that kind of stuff. I still think it's more likely that he's not traded, but that's more just NBA trades in general are difficult and, it, and are inherently less likely to, to go down than more likely. So I still think he probably winds up staying with the Lakers, but it won't be for lack of trying. That's the sense I've got right now, is that the Lakers, they're going to do what they can to see if there's something out there to improve their team, and that could mean moving Russell Westbrook I'm just not sure when exactly it would happen. That's the challenge. Hopefully it's not on your flight to Vegas, Trevor. That would be <laughs> catastrophic. Uh, absolutely. Especially, I mean, I've been seeing the way airports are right now. Things oh, are crazy. Yeah. Things are crazy. The flights getting canceled. I mean, you got caught up in it. Your flight got canceled. Um, yeah, I'm hoping I don't wind up doing a bunch of shows from an airport. Although, <laughs> I've, I've literally, last summer, I did a news report driving in my car. My wife oh. was kind enough in the passenger seat to hold the phone as a camera because I was far enough away where I went, no, I need to get to get this out right now. And we did a news report um, from the car. So uh, I guess I could do one from the airport if need be. But I am also hoping that for that, however long it takes me to get to Las Vegas for Summer League, that for that period of time, Woj, Shams, take a rest. Things. Yeah, take a yeah. rest. Go to sleep. Pick your feet up. Relax. <laughs> Get a beer, a glass or of wine, you know. Yeah, exactly. Just, just chill. <laughs> Not drop any woge bombs or anything like that. Once I land, once I get set, okay, then we can get back there to we, it. Yeah, I, I, there we go. It should be a, a temporary ceasefire of uh, woge bombs. I think if we can, uh, if we can accommodate that, that would be ideal. Uh, what are you, what are you thinking right now? Does does Russ get traded? Is Russ on the roster to start the season next year? This I, next season. I promise you, it, it depends like what time of day you're asking, what mood I'm in. <laughs> That's really where I'm at right now. Like you're talking, you were talking there, Trevor. I'm like, I'm not sure if Russ is on the roster or if he's or if he gets traded. Um, I want to say he gets traded because I think you can better improve the roster to potentially compete next season if you move Russell Westbrook in a deal not named, including John Wall in it. Um, any other deal but that, I think you can improve the roster. Um, all the ones that have been reported, of course. But um, I still get the sense that Dar- I really do think Darvin Ham believes that he can get Russ to work or get it to work with Russell Westbrook. Um, and that's going to scare me a little bit. Scare me in the sense, like, if you think, if you want Russ to be traded, if you want Russ to be traded, 
I'd be terrified right now because I really do think Darvin believes he can get to work with Russ. And the fact that he has that belief, Rob Polinka might be sitting up there in the Lakers front office thinking, okay, why trade him? Our coach thinks he could get to work that we just hired. Keep him. So, I don't know, man. I, I do think and I do think it's a positive thing. The Lakers are actively looking to see what the market is. Um, and the, the whole report, like you mentioned, I'm glad you brought up the whole we're not trading a first-round pick thing. I thought that was bogus from the start because, I mean, I, I think, like you mentioned, they would trade it in, in a deal to make the team better, but not to – I hate to keep bringing this trade up, but not trading a first in the John Wall deal with the Rockets. They're not doing it in that scenario, obviously. By the way, John Wall picked up his player option, so he will yep. make that $47 million next season. Again, Russell Westbrook will do the same. I just believe he will wait because he can't be traded until he picks that up. So yep. if he waits through the draft when there's a lot of trade chatter, that just lowers the chances that the Lakers find a ticker for him. And, uh, you know, if players don't want to be traded to a place they don't want to go to, as soon as he puts his puts pen to paper, he loses that control. So, so I'm not faulting him for it. It's just that's the way it goes. Um, looking at this situation with Russ and whether or not he ultimately gets traded, it'll be interesting to see what the Lakers do, see if they're willing to surrender future assets in order to make a move with him, if they're able to uh, to move on from him or not. You mentioned Darvin Ham and him thinking that he can probably get better out of Russell Westbrook. How much better can Russ be? How much better can he be if he stays on the roster next season? Let's say if we were to put if we were to assign a category to Russell Westbrook from last season, and let's break it down like this. Let's say, let's use uh, the general NBA system for how you'd rate out a player. So fringe is the bottom, means you're barely on a roster. Rotation means you're a bench guy, right? But you're getting minutes on a consistent basis. Starter, name your starter, or you're, you're playing starter minutes and role, like a Manu Ginobili six-man off the bench could still be classified as a starter, starter. Yep. Um, all-star, superstar. What what was Russ last year, do you think? Low-tier starter. Okay. I, I'm, I'm about there, too. Best case, where can Darvin Ham get him to be next season? High-tier starter, low-tier all-star. That's kind of that's, – that's about where I'm at, too. Is that enough? I think this is important. Is that enough? with some fortunate health from LeBron and AD is getting Russ from eh, starter to high tier starter, maybe low tier all-star. Is that enough with some health to get the Lakers where they want to go? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No. And that's why I think. Then what are we doing? Then yeah. you trade him, right? You trade him. And that's why I think I want him to be traded because, like you just point out with through your thought process there, Trevor, you're not like if the point is. Let's maximize this roster's rust. You're maximizing this roster's rust. You're getting a second round exit, probably. Or you're not competing for a title. You're not trying to win a championship. Not saying that the Lakers would win a title if you got Gordon Hayward at Kelly Bray or if you got Malcolm Brogdon and Buddy Heald. But I think the Lakers have a better shot at doing so by doing one of those two deals. What the Pacers deal that's been rumored or the Hornets deal, honestly. Either one of those Hornets deals, excuse me, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the Terry Rozier deal because of the long-term flexibility and having to pay Terry Rozier that contract, um, I think still think you get better as a team with either one of those deals. And because if you if you worry about Terry Rozier as a point guard or whatever with LeBron, he could shoot and he could play off the ball. So that he's solved that problem. Um, so I don't know, man. I agree. I agree. I do think Dar. I, I think Russ will be better, but a large part of it is. How much is he going to buy in? Because if he buys in 100%, I think on the court regardless, especially offensively, he'll be better. If he 100% buys in, you're not getting a superstar rust. You're probably not getting that ever again. But then I think I could more comfortably say all-star. But it's such a major red flag and like question mark. You don't know what you're going to get from Russ. I think if you're – and if you're looking at it that way and you're saying even getting better out of Russ isn't enough, I think the question then becomes is trading him so painful that you're that it's prohibitive to do it. Right? That's that's where the, the situation where you're not trading him, not because you think you can get to where you want to go with him, but because it hurts too much to do it. Right? Or because you can't get the pieces that you need in a trade. And so you're kind of stuck with him there. And again, I think Darvin Ham can make Russell Westbrook better. I just question whether or not he's enough better even with health from LeBron and AD to get the Lakers where they want to go because of that fit concern that they've always had with Russell Westbrook. So I'm still of the mindset that, and it may not happen this summer. Ultimately, if you get where you want to go this season, you probably need to move on from Russ and find a better fit. If we're in agreement that a better version of Russell Westbrook is still not enough to get where the Lakers want to go. So what it was like, what is a better version of Russ? We talk like superstar Russ. Is that how much better Russ would have to be for this so. to work? To and I think we could both agree Russ is a third option is not going to be superstar Russ. Yep, and so. that's therein lies the problem, right? Or at the very least, a, a hyper efficient all star. That's what that's what you're looking for when you put three stars together. So usually you get two guys that really kind of rise to the top, or, or they take over most of the burden. But that third guy's got to be super efficient. And it's got to be that guy that fits exactly, fits exactly what you need. And that's not what, what Westbrook is. And then you've sacrificed your depth around that by having three stars. And again, I don't want to relitigate the whole three-star versus two-star model, but that's the challenge. That's the challenge with this whole situation with Russell Westbrook is if you've got him on the roster, and best case, he is a, a low-level all-star or high-level starter, you sacrifice the depth that you, where you need him to be a star. And that's not, a, that's not his fault. That's not really fair to him to need him to be that. 
if that's if he's not in the environment to do it, and maybe he's not at the point in his career where he can still do it, but it puts you in a tough spot in terms of your roster. And so that's why I, when I think through it logically, I think, man, they, at some point they've got to move Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it happens this summer because so many teams are going to look at him. I'm wondering if it's a trade deadline move because I think so many teams are going to look at this as a desperation situation from the Lakers and are not going to be willing to do it. At some point during the season, though, some teams are going to start to fall out and that $47 million expiring is going to start looking real good. I don't know. Me personally, I think if Russ gets past this summer, I think he'll be a Laker next year. That's why I disagree personally. Because okay. I think if, if the Lakers are like really, really good, and we're talking about the Lakers when it comes February, they beat the Blazers by 30, and we do a, a post-game show, and the Lakers are the, are the third team in the West, hopefully. Um, oh, if they're winning, yeah. Like yeah, winning cures all. Yeah, winning cures all. So Russ would get traded there. If Russ and the Lakers are awful and we get beat by 25 by Portland in February, we do a post-game show. I don't think you trade Russ there either. It doesn't make sense, personally. I think the only way Russ gets traded at the deadline is if we look at February, whatever the deadline is, February 10th, just starting out a date, and they win a game. And we come on the post-game show and the Lakers are the fifth seed in the West. And they're like two games up on the plan. But, you know, you can sense that they, they're just one move away. Sure, it can happen, but I don't know. I just don't see Russ getting traded if it's not this summer, personally. If he comes back and they don't win games and you get more of the same from last year, it's not going to be pretty. It's not. It's not going to be pretty at Crypto.com Arena. But like, that's got to be a factor too. Yeah, but like, let's again, like if you if you're bad at the deadline, you're not really contending. No, but if you're, let's say they're the sixth seed or something like that. Yeah, then sure. They're, they're floating on that line between play-in tournament or not or whatever. That's where they would have some incentive to be like, hey, yeah, we're a sure. piece away. Let's go make this. Yeah. You're, if they're if they're the 12 seed yeah, and then the trade no. deadline, then, then they're like expiring contract, bottom this thing out. Well, they'd have a pick swap with the Pelicans that year. So it depends on where the Pelicans are at. But Great. they'd be, they would just hang on to Russ. Let's. Yeah burn this thing down completely. same thing if they're like the third seed or whatever if they're really winning like sure yeah we're saying the same thing there we go it depends on where they're at in the standings there we go okay let's talk kendrick nunn so kendrick nunn this actually did happen this is not a rumor <laughs> not he a rumor. picked up his player option which is not a surprise at all he told us in his exit interview months ago that he was going to do this that it was a no-brainer but just like russell westbrook he waited until he had to his deadline is the 22nd of june uh, early. His, some contracts have that put in there. Typically, right. players don't want that. Typically, players want the 29th, which is the last day possible, because that gives them control, right? Because there's so much trade talk uh, on draft night that if they have a player option that has a deadline after the draft, that can be their way to make sure they don't get moved at the draft without, or at least that they get a say in which team they would be going to, because if they were going to be traded to a team they didn't like, they could just say, oh, well, I haven't made up my mind on the player option yet. So, yeah. I'm yeah. just going to wait. So, but Kendrick Dunn had to put pen to paper. Uh, it also gives them more time to gather information, you know, about what might be out there. I mean, now we're hearing there could be a big offer for P.J. Tucker out there. Makes sense why he would then opt out of his contract and why he was waiting 
to put pen to paper and, and actually sign to pick up that option. So it all it doesn't hurt players to wait as long as possible. That offer that option is there no matter what. Doesn't hurt them to wait. That's that's the bottom. There's no downside to doing that. So that's why players will wait as long as they can. But Kendrick Nunn was put at a point where he had to do it. And so of course he did. So he picks up his player option. And I actually think this is a positive thing. I saw some Lakers fans that were a little bit upset. I mean, not necessarily upset, but just saying, oh, Kendrick Nunn, he's stealing money from the Lakers again. You know, he didn't play last season. I think people are forgetting the just joy that Lakers fans felt when Kendrick Nunn first signed. And and the reaction around the NBA was, oh, my gosh, how did the Lakers get this guy for this amount of money? This is absurd. He's worth way more than this. People forget how good he is or can be. I don't know what the injury status is. Hopefully, he can get back to being himself. But if he is, this is a guy who is a better player, gives you more bang for your buck than a $5 million, now $5.2 million contract for this year would suggest. Yeah, uh, of course. And I was clapping there a little bit because you were literally taking everything that I planned on saying out of my mouth. So <laughs> thanks, Trevor. Uh, but yeah, he was a 15-point-per-game scorer in Miami on like 38% shooting from three. You got him for $5.2 million. That is a bargain of a contract. Um, and the fact that he's coming back on this roster, you actually get to see him play next year. We get to break down some of his actual plays on the court instead of the plays he was making in the dressing room. Um, but, oh, crap. Trevor did laugh at my joke. Uh-huh. Um, anyway. No, I'm, I was my, – my head went to – how many games did we see him in preseason? Because we could break down his preseason film, but it, I think he played in like two games in, pre, in preseason. <laughs> Can't even really do, do nothing. Do with a that. whole highlight reel out of the no. like twenty-two minutes of preseason play or whatever that he that he had. Yeah, but I think he can make a really nice impact next season with the Lakers, either as a starter potentially, depending on what you do with Russ, or as your sixth man. I really do like Kendrick Nunn a lot. He's a really solid defender. If he's your fourth or fifth best defender on the court, I think you're fine with that. Um, it breaks a nice value to you. You can shoot the three ball as a spot-up shooter, which really is helpful with LeBron. And correct me if I'm wrong, Trevor. The Lakers would have his bird rights after this year, correct? They would have. I believe it would be early bird because it would be two years. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you would be able to bring him back potentially next year if you hang on to him. Um, so, yeah, that, that's something to consider there as well. Yeah, so – Kendrick Nunn could be a piece, and that, that's all you want. You just want these pieces on bargains of the contract. And, again, if you trade Kendrick Nunn, let's say you trade him for a second-round pick, or I don't know, you're just dumping him, basically, or if he declines the player, the player option, which we knew wasn't going to happen, okay, it's not like the Lakers can use that money. They're still right. over the tax. They're still over the cap. So You get nothing. You get nothing. <laughs> you lose a player. Yep. So, I don't know, man. I, I love Kendrick Nunn. I'm glad he picked the option up, and hopefully he's healthy and ready to go next year. At the very worst, he's five million dollars that you can add in for salary matching to a deal in a trade. Yeah, that's 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 uh, the worst case, right? Best case is he steps on the floor and he's his old self and he looks great, and you've got a contributor, you've got your backup point guard locked in, and off you go. And maybe somebody offers something solid for him at the trade deadline. Maybe you just keep him throughout the year and then you re-sign him next summer. That's best case. That 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 is a real possibility. A real possibility that the Lakers get really solid production for that $5.2 million contract. And since he's picked up that option, that also means that he is now eligible to be traded. 
should a trade pop up and the Lakers need that money right now in a deal, they could do so. So every way I look at this, this is a positive because you're right. You're right, Sean. If this, if Kendrick Nunn said, surprise, I changed my mind. I'm not picking up my player option. I'm going to take a better minimum from somebody. Just probably the only option. That's what he would have gotten. Yeah, because he didn't play last season. It's not like the Lakers suddenly get $5 million in spending power. Now, the only thing in you is you cut some salary off your books, saves Genie Buss's pocketbook a little bit, but that's but, it. That's it. And so for me, whether or not he steps on the floor, this is a positive for the Lakers because, again, at the very worst, you have a $5 million expiring contract to put into a trade, and at the best, you have a valuable player who produces at a level higher than what their salary would suggest. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Where are you at on a potential Kendrick Nunn trade in the first place? Like, let's eat THT and Nunn for a random player. Where where are you at on that? From a value perspective, I don't like it because I think he's going to be, I think he would be more valuable at the trade deadline once he's Mm -hmm. proven he can step on the floor because everybody's going to look at him and assume right now he's just an expiring contract. They're assuming, they're attaching zero value to him as a basketball player, as somebody who can produce on the floor because he didn't play at all last year. So let's say the worst case happens and his knee injury is indeed still bothering him. Nothing changes then for his value. He's still just an expiring contract to everybody at the trade deadline, just like he is right now. So again, your, your floor is where you're at right now, right now you're at your floor and that won't change between now and February. However, if he gets on the floor, if he gets onto the court, and he plays and he performs, his value goes up. The sky's the limit. So you're trading him at the... Now, again, that doesn't mean trading him is the wrong thing, though. If the right move comes along, then trading him could be the correct course of action. But from strictly a value perspective, you probably will get more for him or he will be a more useful trade asset at the trade deadline than he is right now. And you know, at the very least, he won't be a worse asset at the trade deadline than right now so that gives you a lot of incentive to just hang on to him unless the right move comes along yeah yeah i was just curious i personally really don't want to trade kedrick Nunn unless like it was in your ideal offseason uh the first one the all-in one yeah. where you traded for christian wood right sure like if that was it sure i'm not gonna be mad or some laker fans would toss down miles turner if that was actually an option sure yeah um it's not gonna happen but if that was an option i wouldn't be mad at that miles turner is a good player and that could be an interesting pairing next to anthony davis but um yeah yeah i think i'm in agreement there all right well a lot going on around the nba 
A lot of things going on in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. A lot of discussions being had. By the way, the Lakers also, we continue to hear rumors that they are, and this was also from Jonathan Cavani, they are working pretty hard to get a second-round pick. So we heard about that. And, and they are also, according to Cavani, talking to a lot of agents to be the landing spot for undrafted free agents. Perfect. Exactly, exactly what you should be doing. Austin Reeves turned down a chance to get drafted in order to be a Laker as an undrafted free agent because the Lakers, they have the advantage of saying, look at all these roster spots we have to fill. Would you rather be taken with the 51st pick in the draft and get buried on somebody's bench and maybe hope you play well enough in the summer league to make a G League squad? Or do you want to come join the Lakers? Sorry, you didn't hear your name called on draft night, but you can come sign up with the Lakers. And if you play well in summer league, who knows? We've got open roster spots we need to fill on the NBA roster. Mm-hmm. That's a good selling point for undrafted free agents. So those are the two avenues right now that the Lakers are are pursuing in the draft. They're trying to trade for second-round picks, and they're trying to set themselves up as the landing spot for undrafted free agents. So on draft night, when the draft ends, I'm expecting a bunch of activity from the Lakers. You're going to get a lot of players, player A, B, C, are signing with the Los Angeles Lakers. That means they're going to be signing on for the summer league squad as undrafted free agents. And we'll see if the Lakers can find a diamond in the rough there. Is this optimism? I feel like is, is this yeah. what hope feels like? I mean, here's the thing with all of these guys, the likelihood of them hitting is extremely low. Yeah. It's extremely low. But if one does, it's so valuable. You find somebody without a young player without burning a draft pick. That's so valuable for a team. So again, it's, it's cautious optimism. It's optimism, understanding that you're sorting through the bargain bin here. And the vast majority of these guys do not work out, but the ones who do become crazy valuable for their teams because of the lack of resources you had to commit to land that player. Cole Swender and uh, Jordan Usher for me, please. There you go. There we go. We'll uh, we'll we'll send a text to Rob. Uh, actually, I'm going to send Rob a sticky note. Let me say Cole Swinder, No, no matter what. No matter what, Sean's <laughs> Sean's uh, draft prospect list. You must get all of these players. Mandatory. Sean's, Sean's draft day note. All right, everybody. We're going to wrap things up there. Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget, of course. Follow us over on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star rating and review as well. Certainly do appreciate it. Busy time of year. We're putting out all kinds of updates all day long. So again, make sure you're following Lakers Nation on YouTube, on the podcast, over at the the LakersNation.com for all of our written work. Of course, across social media, at Lakers Nation on Twitter and Facebook, at Lakers Nation Official. On Instagram, we also have at LakersNation.com over on TikTok as well. That's right. We're on TikTok. Look at us. Here we go. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.